Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. It's a logo that's synonymous with Canadian football excellence. 14 Grey Cups and counting. 52 Hall of Famers. For decades, we've proudly worn the green and gold into battle. Proud of who we play for, proud of where we call home, and proud to be part of a great tradition. The logo on our helmet meant doing things the right way, the Edmonton way. It needed no explanation. Take one look, and you still know what it represents. Legends like Moon, Kepley, Gizmo, and Ray, forever bonded by the double E. Two letters bridging a glorious past with an exciting future. It's time for the next chapter. It's time for the next Double E Dynasty. Well, I know that voice. That's the narration for the video the Edmonton Elks put out yesterday with the new helmet with the uh, giant green double E on the gold background. And, of course, it was Jed Roberts serving as the narrator for that video who checks in now. Jed, you sounded great, man. How did you enjoy doing that? <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. But now that you played that, I got to go outside and snow, uh, shovel the snow off my garage roof because I'm all fired up. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. What, uh, go hit somebody. <laughs> uh, tell me about tell me about being asked to do that, and then uh, the the process. You know, like multiple takes. Were you a one take, Jake? Like, how did it go? I, I'll be honest with you. Um, when they asked me to do it initially, uh, I thought they were crazy because um, I've never really thought of myself as a voice actor. You know, um, not really. I don't think really my voice is the first thing that comes to mind when people think of of me anyway. But anyway, I was like, okay, I'll roll with it. I was thinking, you know, there's guys like Blake Dermott or Rod Knopp or, you know, Marco Sinclair that have been around for a while that they could have asked. I mean, they could have asked Gizmo, but nobody can understand what the hell he's saying, even at the best of times. And his translator's on strike, I think. So um, so they they asked me to do that, and I looked at my wife, and I was like, Christine, like, what do you what do you think? And she said, "Well, you're gonna have to slow down." So they sent me the script, and uh, I practiced with Christine for about half an hour, 45 minutes, and did about three or four or five, yeah, about five takes. And her thing was just to slow down, you know, because the first time I read it, it was like I was done in like you know 15 seconds, and she's like, "No, that's not gonna work." You're going to have to slow down and emphasize, like, the names and um, really kind of take your time and sort of linger on certain syllables and stuff. Like, I've never done anything like this, so this was a little bit intimidating. So she said, yeah, that sounds good. 
So then I went in, I think it was about two or three days later, down to the director's room in the uh, stadium overlooking the field. I took my sons with me, and they were kind of looking over the field while I was doing it. I had a chance to look at the, the helmet while I was doing it, and just to see the old logo on it was just really cool, you know. And uh, so as I did it, it actually it just worked out that I did it in the first take. It was done. Like the guy, Evan was really – Evan was, was kind of funny because he looked at me and he just started laughing. He goes, that sounded so good, you know, and he goes, well, can you mind just doing a couple more takes just, you know, just for the heck of it? And so I think I did about three or four more takes, but he said, really, I nailed it on the first take. So, and, and I got to be honest with you, when I, I did it, I wasn't expecting it to be all that good because I was like, well, how good can it be, right? So, but then when he, when they posted that video and they had the, the montage and, you know, you see... You know, when I said the names, you know, Danny Kepley and Gizmo and Ricky Ray and Warren Moon, like, it just, it was just amazing. Like, I mean, Evan and Victor and, and Dave Jamison wrote the script. I mean, those guys just, uh, it's just amazing. Like, I haven't seen anything like that come out of that, uh, the media department in quite some time. Like, I haven't seen anything. That, the production was, make, was, yeah, I'm just, I'm still savoring it. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to be a part of that. Well, that's awesome. You're so excited about it. And it, it has been an interesting offseason for the Elks, Jed. And, and, I mean, look, we both know how, how poor last season was. Uh, three guys in very important positions got fired. And, and as I said, I'm, you know, even the day they got fired, we'll talk about it, but I'm not going to dance on their graves. They, they tried for different reasons. It didn't work out, and, 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 they, were asked to, and they were asked to move on. But there's a certain um, – I've only interviewed them once – uh, but I, you know, I see all the stuff he's doing on social media. Uh, there's a certain energy with Victor Kui. I, I wonder if you know, I'm sure you've met him. I wonder your early impressions here of Victor, or maybe you know, you knew him from before. I don't know. No, you know what? I haven't. I actually don't know him that well. I, I, I have to be honest with you and say that uh, he reached out to me a couple months before he took the job. He just kind of came right out of left field and sent me a, a direct message on Twitter. Uh, just kind of asked me, you know, what did I think was, you know, what, just asked me a couple questions about like, what did what did I think was going on with the team, and if if I had any insight into like what were my issues with what was going on, and I was pretty honest with him, and then he was honest with me. Like we had a pretty uh, interesting dialogue about motivations for you know people taking like director positions and stuff, and then what the disconnect was between the directors, the administration, the team the community and, and uh so then then i just kind of filed it away right like i have conversations like that with people all the time online and i don't really think anything of it but i mean i looked the guy up and i was like oh he's the ceo of a major corporation and that was kind of an interesting exchange you'll see that every day and then all of a sudden his name came up and i was like well i'll be damned that guy was he was doing some research right so i mean and that just shows you like uh, how cagey the guy is you know and he's and it's, it's cagey in a good way, you know, cagey in a great way. i got to be honest with you. The only person I've ever seen that has that similar sort of uh, energy, uh, Pinball Clemens comes to mind. Um, Gizmo has the same type of energy. Victor has a way of making you feel like you're the only person in the room with him, you know. And uh, he has uh, that kind of energy that you need to be in a position like that, to be able to make, like, on-the-spot decisions and he really has his finger on the pulse of like how to how to turn something and there's really no sacred cows with him right like he'll do 
yeah, he'll try anything, you know, and, and, and if, if it sounds like fun, he'll do it, you know, and that's something I don't think we've ever had that energy here, really, you know, to be honest with you. And I think it's, it's he comes at a perfect time because, you know, we're just coming out of a worldwide pandemic. I mean, we're still in the middle of it, but uh, we're also coming out of a, some pretty tough economic times. And, you know, it's an interesting time to be uh, part of this franchise. And, and I think... You know, like Winston Churchill in World War II, like he was the right man in the right time, right? And so Victor coming in here, if you would have told me a year ago we would have a guy of Victor's pedigree running the franchise, I would have told you you were crazy, right? So uh-huh. uh, just when, you you know, things were really, really bad and we had maybe 2,500 people in the stands, you know, you got Victor riding out of the sun just like Gandalf and Lord of the Rings, you know, <laughs> with the riders of here. <laughs> well, you you got all the references tonight. And by the way, you tell me I'm crazy all the time, so there's no context for if I would have said that to you a year ago that he would have been running the franchise. But, but yeah. Anyway. So uh, the the helmet itself, um, like I like I like that it's like a giant EE. I always thought the EE in the circle was a little too small. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, and and I thought you were very eloquent when you were on a few months ago, or I think I guess it was probably last year, shortly after they changed the name, because you explained why you felt it was appropriate to change the name. Um, and and I do think, it, well, I know for a fact there's still going to be antler imagery on the uniforms, and and I actually like that elk logo. I was I was never sure about the antlers on the helmets, uh, but just how did you feel? Uh, seeing the the EE on on the hill because like in that video like Mookie and and Heck were like emotional see, seeing the way it was on the helmet. Yeah, you know it's just um, I think what people don't understand and it, and it's not that I, I don't think it's I think sometimes people misunderstand like when when the franchise is doing something like this to embrace their history or their tradition it's just a a way to say hey look this is what we have this is where we came from. Now let's let's walk together for together. You know what I mean? Let's walk walk into the future together with this new. You know, we you know we've got the Elks logo. Let's let's embrace the, the tradition. I mean, this tradition that teams would kill for. You know, I mean the the Stampeders. I think only have like what five great cups. You know, five or six, and and, and Saskatchewan has less than that. You know, so our tradition. I mean, speaks for itself. And and to just kind of completely break with that, that just didn't really sit well with a lot of the. Not just the alumni, but, you know, people in the city. And, and so Victor understands that, you know, and as long as they're talking about us, we still have a shot, you know. So he did a lot of uh, – he, he conducted his own poll. Like, I, I mean, the guy's amazing. Like, I think he even talked about it yesterday online about, yeah, I could have hired somebody to do a straw – conduct a straw poll, but why would I do that when I can just do that myself, you know, and, and can reach just as many people. And, uh, and I'll be damned if he didn't do just that. So – the guy's got something, and he's 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 he brings an energy. He brings uh, he brings an authenticity to uh, what he's trying to do. Um, he ha- he understands that it's all about relationships. Uh, the whole thing with the G- the Golden Bears—that's a stroke of genius, man. Of course, why weren't we doing that? Like that's not that's something I've just never been able to figure out. Why we wouldn't try to promote the sport across all levels, right? You know, I don't even know why we don't open the stadium up and let the minor league football teams play, like the CDMFA teams. Like, that's something when you had a little bit of that happening last year. I mean, if you want to reach the younger audience, you've got to, you've got to make yourself a little bit more accessible. Like, the days of, like, having that big divide between, you know, franchise and then the common man, those days are long gone. It's like, if you want to reach the audience, you got to come to them. you got to beat them in their living rooms. you got to meet them through social media. you got to do some things that are... You know, might might require a level of uh, discomfort that, you know, some of the old guards aren't.
Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Comfortable with it. Like, and the people that adapt and pivot are the ones who thrive. The people that don't change are the ones who wither. So... Jed Roberts, double E alumni, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. He uh, narrated the video for the Elks unveiling their new helmets yesterday. Uh, you know, speaking of the alumni, as you mentioned, Victor trying to kind of get everybody to walk together. I see that the double uh, E alumni has a brand new Twitter account, which is uh, which is pretty cool. So I'm, I'm curious to see. I, I don't know if you're behind that or not, but uh, I, I think that's cool. They're they're getting involved there. Yeah, and you know, I'm pretty lucky because through this job, I've got to meet a lot of alumni, and some of them, like you, come on the show uh, semi-regularly, which is cool. And I don't claim to know, like, there's a lot of you guys in Edmonton. I don't claim to know all, all of them, but I got, I like to think I got pretty good relationships with a few guys. Uh, what is the, in, in your mind, just your opinion, what's the, what's the line for an alumni member? in that relationship with the current team because i I've, heard, I've talked to alumni for the for the double e and for the oilers who have said i'll come on your show but i don't want to talk about the current team because i don't want to seem like i'm being a know-it-all or my era of players was better you know what i mean like what 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 is that line for you as an alum for me i mean we're all we're all the same like i've never I'll tell you something. When I first came here, my dad told me to look this uh, a woman up by the name of Louise Hayes. And I actually billeted with her my first year. And she uh, she's an interesting personality in that she uh, used to be the secretary for the prime minister, uh, Joe Clark, for many years. Yeah. Great contacts and all that. And she told me something very interesting. She said, listen, the, the, the average person doesn't understand the difference between an alumni and an active player. And it's it's us who create those divides. It's like active players and, and players that used to play that create those divides. And I think that good franchises like the Riders, uh, even the Stampeders right now, with the way they take care of their alumni, um, there's no there's no separation there. You know, um, and it's all one big family, and there is no division. You know, I mean, yeah, of course you're gonna maybe hedge your bets and not say anything negative about the club, but. Listen, I was on social media there toward the end of the year saying, I'm not going in that stadium until something changes, you know, and I, I, I did that a bit of a risk, you know, like I didn't want to, but some pretty extraordinary things had happened by that point, right? And I don't think a lot of those alumni would be willing to kind of speak up like that, but this is a, uh, a tradition and a pride that's unmatched, you know, and I, I'm not. I'm not exaggerating when I say I get emotional when I talk about that because that was my identity for 13 years as a player. Uh, and then from 2002 until 2022, you know, I've been involved in many initiatives, you know, Football 101 and gone up to the Northwest Territories to represent the team as an ambassador, work with at-risk youth. And, you know, this is a community-owned team. And so the line is a little bit blurrier than it would be for, say, a privately-owned team where, you know, guys are kind of cycled in and out and, uh, you don't get a lot of uh, people sticking around and making their their home there after their careers, and that's something that I think Edmonton did a lot better than most most teams. They was the flagship franchise for many years until about five six years ago when things kind of started to erode. 
And so I'm kind of excited to see the direction that Victor is going to take the the brand while Chris and Chris Jones and uh, G Roy do their work about getting uh, guys' bodies in there to to bring the uh, product on the field back to where it needs to be, so that uh, we can get people in the stands and keep them there. Hopefully. Jed, I'm going to ask you a very blunt question, and I hope you don't mind me putting you on the spot. Uh, you're, you're very passionate about the franchise, uh, and you're very uh, opinionated, and I mean that as a compliment. Would you ever want to be a board member, like actually on the board of directors? Absolutely, I would. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the process of trying to figure out whether how to become a shareholder, and uh, that's something that absolutely I've got a stake, and, you know, I care about it that much that, uh, you know, I want to have... Uh, say and then be able to uh, affect positive change in the community it's a community-owned team right like and this is something that uh, we all have an equal say as a board as a, as a shareholder and um, who knows what what the future holds for me I'm already 54 and I feel like I'm I'm 92 in the morning <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes but I mean you know yeah we've had some conversations about that uh, me and some of the other guys that have been playing about trying to get in there and and just uh, just remind people that you know this. This is a this is a tradition that any team, not never mind the CFO, but football in general. Like there's there, this type of tradition doesn't grow on trees. It's it's it was built through on the shoulders of giants, right? Jack Parker, you know Pete Lavarado, you know Larry Ruck, you know those guys. Uh, they fought and they bled for this, and this we owe it to them to to teach the younger generation coming in here what it means to play for the Edmonton Elks. So, Jed, well said. Uh, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. You, you should be really proud of narrating that video, and uh, I, I always get a lot of passion from you, man, so I appreciate it. I hope you have a great weekend. Hopefully I'll see you around soon, buddy. You will. Thanks, Reed. Appreciate it. That is Jed Roberts, a very proud Double E alum, checking in tonight on Inside Sports. Great to have him on the show. Back in a couple of minutes. Well, that was a really good interview with uh, Jed Roberts, and it has been uh, it's been a really interesting offseason for the Elks, quite frankly. Um, I, I'm surprised pleasantly at how the uh, attitude around the team, at least what I perceive, talking to, uh, you know, like I've said, I'm a season season ticket holder with my mom and dad. I know people who are season ticket holders have, you know, have friends who, who are, and obviously just from being a, a sports radio show host, I'm not saying it's all positive. I'm not saying everybody's coming back from the last couple of years, but uh, it, it, I am pleasantly surprised about the uh, sort of renewed energy around the team and quite frankly, renewed interest, because I think a lot of people got apathetic last year. The team was so bad uh, The first of all, hiring Chris Jones has been able to accomplish, and it's going to be interesting with Chris Jones. I, I mean, I don't know if it's always going to be pretty, and they didn't have a very good team last year but we know what he's done in the past and also with Victor Kui. So that's good in the offseason. And then they're staying in the headlines and they're generating a lot of energy. And once we get on the field, I'm not, I'm not saying I expect them to win the Great Cup this year, but they got to improve on the field. And, and Victor's got to follow through on some stuff to get people engaged and back in the stadium as well. So there are challenges, but I, I, I would categorize it as a positive offseason so far. Uh, a positive recovery here for the Montreal Canadiens since they changed coaches. We'll look into that with Stu Cowan from the Montreal Gazette. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.